I'm going to just kind of frame, if you will, the basis of what I preached on Sunday. I'm not going to go all the way through it because it's too much to do, especially tonight with the time we have left. But I'm going to add to it a little bit with um, a little saying that I, I heard um, recently, and I thought, I wonder if that's biblical. And so I began to look up some scriptures and, and realize that there's a pattern in the Word of God that supports uh, the saying. How many of you know just because somebody in the, in the, in the world here, in, uh, in our nation or another nation, or from times past, somebody says something that sounds good doesn't necessarily mean it's true, right? We know that, right? I love when people are like, well, Albert Einstein once said, well, that's wonderful, but there's kind of a scripture that, you know, d- d- you know that kind of takes Albert's thing and turns it on its head. So we know that the Word of God is infallible, but there's something that I learned that I'm going to go into uh, here in a second from a, um, from a philosopher, believe it or not, uh, that said something, and, and it made a lot of sense to me. And I thought, you know what, I wonder if, I wonder if the Scriptures can support what he said. And so I'll get into that in a moment, but I want to first set the stage with you with what we did on Sunday briefly. I'm not even going to look on my notes. This is going to be so quickly. But Sunday, we began to focus on the season of favor and faith that we're walking into that we're seeing over this house. And I talked about what that looks like and some of the things that are beginning to happen and how we, how we allow it to continue to, to go forward. And, and the whole premise of Sunday's message was to, to set you up, to prepare you, to put you in the best possible position for you to get on that same train of faith and favor and that we all ride it together. Amen? Does that sound good to you? And so this is not some sort of hocus-pocus Uh, I'm going to send you a cloth and you send me back $77.77 and you're going to get anointing. Put this in your wallet or whatever. Hocus pocus. This is truth and the Word of God. There's clear, clear, very concise and clear direction from heaven on the seasons that we enter into. And so when we begin to look at the seasons that God had uh, folks, different folks that have stories and accounts in the Bible, when they walked into certain seasons in their life, we can begin to extract and understand some principles. So Sunday, we focused on um, love and generosity and um, how love and generosity create and open the door for abundant grace in our life and how abundant grace Uh, leads us to faith, and how faith leads us to favor, and how they all work together. I can't get into it tonight. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you what a great message I preached, because that's not, that's not nice. But I want to tell you this. If you did not, if you weren't here Sunday, you need to listen to this message. And you know what? I don't get anything for it. If I have another 10 views on there, I don't get like a prize. This is, this, this message on Sunday was really the basis and the foundation of who we are as a church and who we are fundamentally as believers. And it will take four or five concepts that you've heard talked about separately and begin to tie them together and to show you how God uses them in conjunction and combination with one another to, accomp- to, to set you up and prepare you and position you to be and have favor over your life. Now, you can live two ways. You can live with God's faith and favor, or you can live without it. I don't know about you. I'd rather live with God's faith and favor. Because there's times in my life where I haven't been experiencing the outpouring and rain of the faith and favor of heaven. And let me tell you, it ain't fun. All right? I can say ain't, right? That's a South Carolina thing too, right? It's not fun. 
when you're there in your life. It's just not. It's not, it's not a, a pleasant place to be. So I want to focus. We're going to start in Ephesians. I want to focus on the three things that I, 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 I saw from this saying from this philosopher that I, I used to test against the Word of God and say, I wonder if this makes sense in the pattern that God's given us in the Word of God. The first one, um, he said this, uh, he, he, it's actually Socrates, and somebody came up to him and they said, um, you don't seem to be bothered by the critics in this world in life. You don't seem to be, you don't seem to allow things to bother you. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes people say things and they bother me. Anybody get bothered by things people say? Let me rephrase this because we don't actually talk to each other anymore. Anybody get offended by things people write on Facebook? Since that's our form of our main, there's no, there's no public debates. You don't have people like, uh, you know, at the, at the local Applebee's uh, having it out over some political discussion like we used to. We just do that on Facebook and we're really powerful and, you know, angry in it. And we add some extra words we'd never say to somebody's face. And we go at it and we tell everybody they're wrong and I'm right. But anybody ever like really upset you and get under your skin by saying something? I'm going to tell you this right now. When we allow people to do that to our lives, we can actually begin to position ourselves outside of the favor and faith of God. Listen very clearly. When you're operating in that world where everything that comes at you puts you down, stresses you out, makes you angry and mad, it's real hard to live in the full faith and favor of God. And there's actually some great principles. And so they asked uh, this philosopher, they said, how come, how, how is it that nothing you say Nothing people say to you seems to bother you. And he said, I run it through three things. He said, three sieves. And if you don't know what a sieve is, it's something you, you, you sort uh, stuff that's bigger stays on top and the rest of it falls through. And there's many different types of sieves. They use it sometimes for gold mining when they're trying to mine things. They use it for all sorts of stuff. But essentially, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's something that you use to sort uh, and allow finer things to fall through. And he says, I run them through three sieves. The first one is this. He said, truth. He says, if something that somebody says to me is not truthful, this is going to make sense in the grand scheme of what I preached on Sunday, so just bear with me. If somebody says something to me that's not truthful, he says, then, um, then I don't allow it to, 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 I don't take it to heart. Now, I want you to think about these, these three things two ways. I want you to think about in the context what, of what you allow to soak in and believe and take to heart in your own life. I also want to guard you and, get, and put you kind of on guard for a second here so that you can begin to run what you say through these three things. Okay? Because I don't know if you've ever taken the time to listen sometimes to the way people talk to one another, but we're not always very nice to one another. And you don't realize how much it affects. And what happens is, not only do you position your life when you begin to to violate these three principles I'm going to show you in the Word of God. Um, not only do you put your own life outside of that place of favor and faith, but, but you, you literally can, can put somebody else in a tailspin in their own life if they believe and take to heart what you've said and take offense to it. They can begin in their own life to step out of that place of great joy and faith and favor where God wants to pour out His abundant grace on, on their life. So it works both ways. First thing is truth. We find in Ephesians 1, this, 
verse 13. It's on the screen if you don't have your Bible. It says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Now, this is an interesting look at the idea of truth. This is presented in the context of the truth that we find in the gospel. And it says that, it says very clearly, it says, um, after listening to the message of truth, after hearing truth, the gospel of your salvation having also believed the truth, you sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance. Do you see there is a connection between hearing and believing the truth that is found in God and the promise of his inheritance? And it says actually Holy Spirit promise and, and with his Holy Spirit of promise and the pledge of his inheritance? Now, part of the inheritance over your life is favor. You see this here? So there's a connection between understanding and receiving truth and seeing the promise and the inheritance of God poured out in our life. Truth. If we look here, I'm going to kind of build this case piece by piece. In John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, it says, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, this is John chapter 8, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free or make you free. So we see there is freedom in truth. There is inheritance in truth. There is the Holy Spirit promise or fulfillment of the Holy Spirit and his promises for us in truth. Truth is an essential element to you walking out in freedom and in inheritance and in promise which really is a great way to sum up God's favor over your life. If you're going to walk in abundant grace and favor and see the promise of God fulfilled and the inheritance and the promise over your life fulfilled and see freedom and, and not be burdened down by, by a life lived outside of those walls of faith and favor, I'm telling you right now that truth has to be a part of it. And when we don't speak truth or we allow other people to speak words that are not truthful over our life, and we receive them, we let them pass through a sieve that should stop them, when we let them pass through that filter, and we, allow, and we absorb them, and we, and we embrace them, it actually sometimes can prevent us and stunt us from walking into the inheritance of promise of God. Yep. It works both ways, when you speak it and when you receive it. Truth is powerful. Now, this is not, uh, I'm going to get to this in a moment, but this is not, this is not when, I, when I'm talking about truth, some people use this as an opportunity to go around and tell everybody off. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, but I'm going to give you something for that. I got something for that. All right, I got a little, a little pill for you to swallow if you feel that way. Well, pastor said, everything I've got to say is true. So somebody walks up to me and they're like, hey, you smell. That's not very nice. It's true. I, I, I'm telling you, there's people that walk around and they think that, well, you know, you just have to preach the truth. Well, the second thing that this philosopher said, and once again, I take that with a grain of salt because I want the word of God to say it more than I want some old Greek 
dead guy to say it, all right? But this is what he said. He said, the second thing I pass the truth, one's truth, the next sieve it has to pass through, the next filter, if you will, the next obstacle in the way of me receiving it is, it has to represent goodness. He said, truth and goodness. It has to be good. So if what you want to tell me is bad, keep it yourself. Do you hear me? If what you want to tell me is bad about me and my life, keep it to yourself. Well, that's just Socrates. I'm not listening to him. Well, let me, let me read this to you. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version because I feel sometimes it, it helps us really see the full picture when we, when we really kind of blow it up. The Amplified is exactly that. It's what happens when I take my guitar and I put it in an amp and I turn it up. It takes those words and really drives the point home. So usually the scriptures are a little bit longer, but it adds in all of the, the possible meanings of those words in, 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 in this case in Philippians, sort of in the Greek, because oftentimes a word could be translated into three or four things. So it gives you the most complete picture. It's a good way sometimes to read, read things that you don't fully see the full picture on. Philippians 4, um, 8 and 9 says this in the Amplified. It says, finally, believers, what is ever true... Isn't that amazing that it starts with whatever is true? Just throwing that out there. Whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace. Well, brother, I'm sorry that you're all worked up and upset about that, but it's the truth, and God told me to speak the truth to you. Is it lovely what you said? Is it bringing me peace? Do I look peaceful right now? Or do I look like I want to rip your head off? You get my point? It says whatever is lovely, whatever brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute. If there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. And I love what the Amplified adds in. It says, center your mind on them and then plant them in your heart. This is a great, great, I mean, folks, if you could, if we could collectively take this and filter what people say to us on this, it says, if you're gonna, if you wanna, if you wanna live your life, allow these things to be the things that your mind is centered on and what is imprinted and implanted in your heart. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right, conferred by God, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable of good repute, if there's any excellence, if there's anything, think about those things right there. How many times do we allow people to speak over our life or we speak over somebody else's life in a way that violates these things? When you do that, when you step into that place where you allow somebody to speak that over your life, and you believe it or absorb it and take it, as opposed to saying, you know, it's not good, that's not lovely, it's not peaceful, so I'm not going to receive it. If you allow people to, when you do those things, you actually can, can, can see uh, the, the, the opportunity to, to keep on ahead on the train of favor and faith in your life, the abundant grace of God poured out. We can see a step outside of what God wants to pour out in your life. He said truth. He said goodness. If it's not good, I don't want to hear it. Amen. Now, half of you are like, yeah, this is, of course. And the half of you that see the glass half empty are like, no, 
This is no. He's reading that wrong. See how he had to switch to that fancy amplified Bible? Well, you read it in your translation. Whatever's true, whatever's good. And then the last thing I tried to, I, I thought this was an iPad. I tried to move it up. I got my computer this time. He said, is it's truth, goodness, and usefulness. Something can pass the truth test. It can pass the goodness test, but it's not useful. And a person communicates this way, usually you can't put your finger on why you're annoyed by them. But you just know, know that they're annoyed. You're annoyed by them. You're like, they didn't say anything that offended me or bothered me, but I'm just really annoyed every time I get around them. It's because nothing they say is useful. Please do not look at your spouse right now. This is, this is not about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, no joke, every once in a while, and of course it's nobody here tonight, absolutely, every once in a while I have an, a, a counseling appointment. Yeah counseling appointment and it goes longer than I would like it to <laughs> and at some point in the conversation I think to myself I have barely said a word and I don't think we have accomplished anything and sometimes I want to just say or did you come to discuss something or did you just want to tell me just tell me. I think it, it's not necessarily bad. It's not. It just tell me this and that and this and that. I'm thinking to myself, where are we going with this? Did anyone ever meet anybody like that? I'm, I'm talking about my mom clearly, and I'm just kidding. Um, my mom is the exact opposite of that. Mom, mom is very. When she says something, you're like, okay, pay attention. But it's is it truthful? Is it good? And is it useful? Another word is, is it profitable? Does it profit anything? Here's the scripture that, that I love. It says, 1 Corinthians 10, 23 says, All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things, this is the part where we don't read, but this is so perfect for this. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. This is directly speaking to things that we say. The edification of the church is always done with words. We're talking about things that are being said here. The first part's things that are done. The second part, things that are said. If you actually read the, the original Greek on this, it actually specifically refers to things that are done and things that are said. This last part is things that are said. Not some things are lawful, which means you can say, or somebody that's saying something to you can say, well, there's nothing wrong with me saying that. But do they edify? And what edify means, it means to lift up, to make better, for it to be profitable, for it to be useful. It means to take somebody from here and bring them here. If all you do is say things and the person's here and two hours later they're here, 
it's probably not something that's going to build you up or build them up and actually create a part of a relationship where the two of you are growing and that something positive is happening in your relationship. And I promise you this, if you take some of the symptoms I've described here, right here in these three things, and you start to pinpoint the world around you, and it might be you, might be you, you're going to find somebody that's not walking in the full favor and favor and faith of God every time. There's something about this that you will see will hold. Because when I got done Sunday, I said, there's one more piece to this that I want folks to have in their hand. One more tool, one more thing that they can walk forward in the full faith and favor of God. And it all has, comes down to what you say and what you allow people to say and you believe in your heart that they've said over your life. It's those things. The Bible actually says life and power, or life and death is in the power of the tongue. Think about that. Life and death. Everything that lives and everything that dies is in the power of the tongue, which means that what people say to us or what we say has the potential to bring life, has the potential to bring God's abundant grace in our life, all the blessings, that, or it has the potential to kill and to rob and to destroy the promise of God over our life. What you say and what you allow people to say. There's some folks don't violate anything, anything I've said here with their mouth. But they allow people to speak these things over their life. There's some people I've literally seen see the curse of what people have spoken over their life removed and their life went from zero to hero. Like that. Because they stopped believing what people said about them. You might be sitting here tonight saying, well, I do my best to say something true. I do my best to say something good. I do my best to be profitable, to be useful in what I say. But I'm still not walking into what God has for me. Folks, you need to see and allow God to break the chains of what people have said and their opinions about you off of your life. Are you with me? Um, this is um, interesting. Luke 6, 37, 38 says this. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. This is specifically talking about what we speak over one another. Don't judge, don't condemn. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. See, this, uh, guys, I, I, I know this is a really, like, we're starting to kind of get bigger and bigger and spread out with what I began to teach on Sunday, but it's all connected. All of this is connected. All of how God, you don't have to live this separate life where, where this week I'm going to just live in peace and this week I'm going to live with grace and this week I'm going to live in faith. Oh my gosh, pastor preached on Sunday about this, so let me try to do that for a week. It's all a part of who we are as believers. It's all connected and should become a part of our everyday life. And so what we see here is we see the connection between what folks negatively say and what folks positively say and do. We also see the connection between that and give, and it will be given to you, for they'll pour out into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over, for by your standard measure, we measure to you in return. The type of person that lives a lifestyle of generosity and giving, like I talked about on Sunday, is also usually the type of person that blesses people around them and say things that are truthful and good and profitable. 
this is this is no this is this is no hocus pocus here. This is the truth. If you get around somebody who lives a lifestyle of of generosity that gives that gives and understands the principle of of the measure for which they give, God measures that back on their life. When someone that understands that is usually somebody that lives to edify, to lift up, to build up, and to speak life over people. I'm telling you. You're not going to find somebody who's massively generous for the, for, because, they, because they love and understand the love of God, and because of that, they let it overflow out of their life. You're not going to find that person who's generous with what they do, but not generous with what they say. You're not. It's, it works hand in hand. You can't say, well, I'm going to try to be more generous, but I hate that girl. What you give is more than just what you take out of your wallet. You can give the gift of encouragement. You can give the gift of, of, in this case, freedom. You can give the gift of the abundant grace of God with what you say. Yes, thank you. Every time Cora sees me, she says, my shoes make my hair look fabulous. Which I've heard about 150 times, and I still don't know what that means. But it, I, let me, let's, let's run that through the test. Is it true? Is it good? Yes. Is it useful? Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's edifying. It's a deal. All right, you pass. I'll receive that. See, all this time I haven't received it. Now I am. Does this make sense tonight? Is it good? Is it truthful? Is it good? Is it useful? I want you to begin to think if... Because I, I, I read this somewhere like maybe a week ago or two weeks ago. Maybe about two weeks ago. I read it, I think when I was away. And I just started thinking about it in the context of my conversations. It's not that difficult. And it's hard to do in the middle of a conversation when somebody's saying something. Because you're like, wait, 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 what are those three things again? But leave a conversation and decide. That person said this, this, and this. What am I actually going to leave here and allow for it to become part of my heart. Is it true, is it good, or is it useful? All three. And you know what? If they don't pass the test, kick it out and move on. Kick it out. They might be a wonderful person having a bad day and just threw up on you, that's fine. But don't, don't allow it to form your day. Don't allow it to affect your life. Don't allow it to form what you're deciding to do in your own heart. Don't allow it to begin to construct that inside of you. Kick it out. Reject it. You know, like in the, in the uh, video games where they play like the NBA video games and somebody blocks a guy. You know, the, the over-caffeinated over announcer goes, rejected! You know what I'm talking about? Like, what was that, what was that crazy um, basketball game where it was like they could jump like three times higher than the stadium? You know what I'm talking about? Not the realistic one. Yeah, you play a lot of video games, my man. NBA Jam, that was it. It's like, and they would do that, right? Rejected. And there was like lightning bolts that came out of like where they hit the ball and they stood over top of the guy and he suddenly became smaller. That's what you need to do when people speak. Now don't reject them, just reject what they had to say about you. You know what I mean? And here's the deal. Because I think, I think we're okay in time, but here's the deal. And if it's already been said, you can make that decision right now. I'm not going to allow that to shape and form who I am. If it's not true, if somebody said something about you when you're 11 years old and it's not true, today you need to make a decision. Reject it. 
Seriously. If somebody said something you you when you were 15 and it wasn't good, rejected. See ya. Don't let it don't end your life. If somebody said something to you today at work and it wasn't useful, it wasn't profitable, reject it. I want to just communicate this and then I'm going to be done tonight. This is the key for some of you in this room. It's a key for all of us. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching a you guys sermon. It's a key for all of us. All of us can walk in this in a better way. But some folks in this room have acutely been held back from seeing and walking into the full favor and promise of God because either of their mouth and what they've said or what you've allowed people to say over your life. And it is time to get free from the compulsion to say what you say or, or you allowing people to, to speak those things over your life. It's time to get free from that. Because I promise you, it's a key in seeing the favor and the faith and the abundance grace of God poured out in your life. You see, because it's available, but if you're believing something that's not true, if you're believing something that doesn't line up with what God's spoken over your life and who you are, if you're believing it and you've embraced that lie, you've allowed that to shape your own understanding of who you are and who he is, God cannot fully bless you. He cannot fully pour out his grace on you because we've got that crazy thinking. How to break it? She wants to know how we break it. That's a whole other sermon, but I'll preach it in 30 seconds, okay? You break this in your life by number one, learning not to run what you're going to say and communicate through these three things. And you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. Wait, I wanted to tell that person this. It's not good or it's not useful or it's not good, you know, it's not true. So I'm not going to say it. You'd be surprised how quickly your relationships will improve if you run what you say through these three things. And the second thing is, is if it's the way people have spoken over your life, that's when you have to go to the word of God and you need to, or, or you just spend some time with the Lord and you say this, you say, God, I really need to fully understand who you've created me to be and what you've said about me. Because if we can replace what, what God said and we can replace with that, we can replace what somebody said of our life with that, with what God said, we can begin to see those chains broken over our life and we can fully receive all that God has for us without reservation. It's all up to you. Rejected. Yeah, okay. So uh, we're going to do a little rejected. It's 8.50. I'm going to get you out of here, okay? So I'm just going to make something up and you're going to just run it through the test and then if it doesn't work, then we're going to reject it, Okay. You guys ready for this? Let's just try out. I want to hear how you do reject it. It can't be weak. It can't be wimpy. All right? None of this wimpy rejection stuff. Okay? Corey, you got to help me out because you're not wimpy. No. Yeah, that was good. You even did your hand. Like, yeah, there you go. All right, you ready? Let me hear you say rejected. That was like 12 of you, okay? Come on, I'm not looking for 12 disciples. I'm looking for all of us to go at this. Let's do it together. Say, Rejected. Oh, all right. That's good. So, 
Um, all right, we're going to run it through this test. I'm 180 pounds. Is it true? No. Let's do it some more. Hey, Dan, you're fat. It's true. Is it good? Rejected. First of all, it's not true. I'm just a little chubby, but thank you for that. What? It's baby fat. Thank you. I'm growing out of it. <laughs> These examples are getting out of the way very fast. <laughs> Is that true? No. Rejected. Come on, let's do one more. One more time. Rejected. Yes. All right, you got it. <laughs> that, that example was getting out of control really quick. I should have written something down. But thank you for driving me down that path. I said, I'm fat. Is that true? And you, she says, yeah. blessings. Hey, let's stand up. Let's just pray together. That's right. What? Amen. That's right. Rejected. If you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go on YouTube and look up NBA Jam and see some of that. You'll see what I'm talking about. That's what we need to do when something comes our way that doesn't pass this test. And folks, it's very simple. We begin to, to run, run what we say, what people say about us through this test. And it's not just because a Greek guy said it, it's because it lines up with the Word of God. And it will allow you to live a more joyful, more peaceful, but a more blessed life where God's favor runs and rules over your life and where you can get free of, of, of your attitude or the attitude of others and walk into total and complete understanding of who he is. Amen? Yes, ma'am. Sure, we can do that. No, it's okay. Amen. So she, she I'm not going to tell you the whole thing with her, but she, she just said she wants prayer because she said the last couple of days, she, she's a, she's, it's been a struggle her whole life where she, her mouth and what she has said has hurt people. And I think it's pretty brave to admit that here tonight. And I, I want to say this right now. There's, 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 more, there's more people here tonight in her shoes. And I don't want to embarrass you, but you know, you should maybe grab the hand of the person next to you and ask them to pray for you. Because I'm telling you, if you can admit this and deal with it in your life, you will avoid so much heartache that you've probably endured to this point because of the things that you've allowed to come out of your mouth. This will set you free tonight. And so we're going to just pray together and pray for her and pray for the other folks that are here. Why don't we all just join hands where you're at in the aisle you are. If you're, if you're a couple seats away, you can grab the, the hand of the person in the seat behind you or in front of you. Let's do that together. Father, right now we thank you that you're, Lord, you're teaching us how to, to break the curses that have been spoken over our life. God, we thank you that tonight... Lord, those of us here tonight that have even had an issue in our own life where we've allowed, Lord, our, 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 what we said to become like a sword, God, and we've allowed it to cut people apart. 
God, I just, tonight, Lord, it's something that I've even dealt with in my own life, Lord, that you've dealt with me on, God. And I just ask tonight that you help those that are here to begin to run what we say through this test, that we won't hurt one another, that we won't tear one another down, that we won't uh, do the things, God, that have damaged one another, even in the church, God. We've been notorious for it in the church, that we would learn to edify one another, Lord. God, we would learn to speak truth to one another. We'd learn to speak goodness and good things over one another. And Lord, we, we would learn to speak things that are profitable and edify one another, God. And so tonight, we ask you for help. And I think this is a good time for you just to talk to the Lord and say, God, I just need your help. Come on, just tell him, say, God, I need your help. I need your help to break that curse over my life. Lord, the things that people have said and the things that, Lord, that I've said. We can get honest tonight. Lord, we pray for Jennifer. We pray for folks that are in her same shoes tonight, that, God, this has been something they, they've had a difficult time dealing with. And, Lord, we just ask that you help them in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you will help them run what they say through this. Lord, that we would allow the Holy Spirit to help us get a control of our emotions. And Lord, we won't speak and, 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 and say things that we wish we wouldn't based on our emotions. But God, we would learn to run it through this test. That God, that whatever is good, whatever is lovely, God, whatever is pure will come out of our mouth that will edify one another. We just thank you, Jesus, for helping us tonight. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can we make that commitment tonight together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.